Welcome to Restoration Church. At Restoration, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by Pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's sermon. talk to you about roots. How many of us know that roots are significant to any plant life? How many of us have weeds in there? Anybody ever watch TV and you watch the different uh, uh, specticide companies or whatever their uh, insecticide or what, what is it? Specticide? What is it when they kill grass? Spectricide or whatever or Roundup or whatever. They all advertise that theirs kills the plant to the yeah. You know, I remember years ago before they uh, decreased some of the uh, grass killers and brush killers that you could spray it and in 30 or 40 minutes or an hour the, the, the plant or the weed or the bush would, all, would already be dying. And now you don't know if you sprayed. I mean, I sprayed grass around here two or three times. Now, Miss Marianne, it takes two or three weeks or a week to see if it's dying. But how many of us know today, how many of us ever watched Big pine trees. There's a lot of big pine trees in our neighbor's yard right out here. And how many of us know that pine trees grow faster than hardwoods, right? right? But how many of us know when winds and strong winds and hurricanes and tornadoes come, what's the first tree to hit the ground? A pine tree. Does anybody know why that is? If you have a big red oak and you have a southern pine, the pine most of the time is going to hit the ground or snap before the hardwood does. Because of the root system. Today I want to talk to us on the subject about roots. In the times we live in today, we must have some roots. And you say, well, Pastor Rich, what is the significance of having roots? I'm going to talk to you about what Paul said in Colossians chapter 2 about roots. He talked about it and he used the illustration. If you'll stand with us for a moment for the reading of the word, we'll go in and talk about the roots this morning. All right, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, and let's read together. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. And verse uh, 8, it says, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Verse 9, For in Christ for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head, I like this verse, over every ruler and authority. And verse 11, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised. But by the by physical procedure, Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. And verse 12, for you were buried with Christ and you were baptized when you were baptized. And with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Stretch your hands this way. And ask God to bless us and anoint us for the preaching and teaching and receiving of his word. Father, we love you. 
And we honor you today. We ask that once again, that you would touch our hearts and our minds and our lips to preach and to receive and to be changed by your word. Because this is living, it's breathing, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. God, your word cuts to the innermost being today. And we ask, God, God, that your Holy Spirit, through the power of your word that is eternal, would change us for eternity. And that would be drawn closer to you. And that we would sink our roots deep in you. And be established in the power of your Holy Spirit and your love. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 You can be seated if you would like. Paul starts out this passage of scripture. He starts out by this. You must follow me. You know, a lot of people have a concept of Christianity. I mentioned this last week in my sermon that people think that Jesus follows us. When the whole concept of Christianity is not that Jesus is following us, is that we are called to follow him. Amen. Followers of Christ. Jesus said it like this. Uh, this is how they will know you're my disciples by your love for who? One another. Jesus said, if they're going to know, if this world is to know that you're different than this world, that you're in this world and not of it, he says, this is how they will know that you're my disciples, by your love for one another. We can't tell other people about Jesus if we don't love each other. So the Apostle Paul reiterates here the whole method of following Jesus and being able to develop roots as a Christian and as a believer is to set our roots deep and it starts with what? Trust. You're not going to follow somebody you don't trust, right? And you say, well, Pastor X, I don't know about this thing called trust, but how many have a GPS on your phone? Yeah. How many you ever go on a trip and you don't, are you going to find a location, you're going on vacation or somewhere you've never gone before and you put that address in your GPS and your GPS will say, in 500 feet, take a ride on 2059. When you get to exit, at exit 10, what is it, 106, exit on 459 if you're going to Hoover, the GPS will give you directions of routes to take that will get you to the destination. If you were going to the Galleria Mall today, it would tell you to turn left on 216 and go to the interchange of 5920, take a left and go north on 20, 50, or 5920, then you would take exit 6 to uh, 459, and then you would take to, what, what exit is that? 459 all the way to, is it 13? The Galleria 31 exit? Is, I think it's exit 13. But you wouldn't get there if you don't follow the what? The directions. You know, that's really simplistic. But for us as Christians, in order to, for us to be able to grow in humility and grow in the likeness of Christ and make strides in our walk with the Lord, is we have to follow the directions. A lot of times, uh, guys don't like instructions. Right. You know, I remember the years and years ago, Jennifer and I brought, bought our kids a swing set for Christmas one year. And I thought the instructions, Miss Marianne, was just a suggestion. And I finally managed, me and my father-in-law and a few of my friends finally managed to get that swing set together. But David, when I got through, it had a few extra parts. 
And I convinced my wife, or at least I thought I did, that those were just extras that the manufacturer sent. How many guys like to read the instructions? I remember we put the playground together. We spent all day one Saturday putting this playground together. Now you want to see something comical? Look at about six guys reading instructions. And I'm going somewhere with this. We ended up getting the playground put together with only a couple extra parts. Amen. Everybody say, thank God. My kids get on that every Sunday and every Wednesday. But the bottom line is we have to go by the instructions. It says, let your roots grow down deep into him and the knowledge of the word. See, the word of God sometimes will tell us to do things that we don't want to do. Right. Amen? Yeah. Sometimes the Word of God tells us things in our life that we don't like. Right. Amen? Amen? Anybody's ever read something in the Bible and you think, well, I don't know if I agree with that. But let me make a point right here. We don't have to agree with it to make it any more valid of the Word of God than what it is. Right. The Word of God is what it is. Whether we receive it or not, it's left up to us, but the power and the anointing and the changing place of the word of God is in when we receive it and live by it. That says, let your words grow down deep, grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow. He said, let your, your roots grow down deep. So the word of God, the significance of the word of God in our lives help us to grow. Right. Now, if I go out here and I plant a tree uh, and I don't fix the ground around it, if I just dig a hole and stick it in the ground, and maybe I don't put any fertilizer or any potting soil or good soil around it, who's ever planted a tree into red clay dirt? Huh. It doesn't grow. It doesn't matter what you, I mean, it, it, you may water it, but it, I mean, it's a lot of times if you see someone plant a tree, or a big tree, they'll have the root system all bound up and wrapped up together because that root system has to stay together. Yeah. And in order for us to grow as Christians, and I'm going to be brief with this today, we have to set our roots deep. And our roots have to be formed on thus saith the word of God. Yeah. Not what we believe. Right. See, the bottom line is you can be convinced that something is right. But if it doesn't line up with the word of God, it can have eternal significance in our life. Yeah. And it can affect our growth. Right. The apostle Paul was talking to the church at Colossae and this church was, was wrapped up in religion. Yeah. They believed that in order for everything by the law, you had to be circumcised. Yeah. And Paul even made the illustration, it's not about physical circumcision. Because they were consumed with that because the law said it had to be. Right. But how many of us know that Jesus came to complete the law? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't come to take away the law, but he came to complete the law. And the Apostle Paul says, what Christ Jesus does for you and for me when we accept him as Savior, somebody needs to hear this today, is that the Holy Spirit makes a spiritual change that will make a physical change. There you go. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, how does that happen? Because he wove me together. He put me together and, and knew me. And he wove me together in my mother's womb. The Bible says, when I, yet while I was in my sin, he loved me and died for me. Yeah. He didn't have a backup plan. He is the plan. Yeah. And Jesus says, if you would do it a certain way, I will bless him. Right. Now, Jennifer, I now 
Soon will be five years, September. We'll be here five years pastoring this church. It don't seem like that. But this September will be five years that we've been here. How many of you know that we're just starting to see God do some things in certain areas because we as a church and you as a church have become, have continued to be faithful. Wow. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I'm, I'm going to help some people here today and help myself realize this. A lot of times we get frustrated with God because he don't fix some things in our life that we took years to destroy and we quit on God and get frustrated with God and lose our faith in God because he didn't change something that we took years destroying. Wow. And he don't change it immediately. But listen, a lot of times this thing called faith, Miss Marianne, is not a microwave mentality. Yeah. How many of you know that when you cook something in the oven, it's generally better than something cooked in the microwave? Yeah. You know, my wife has crock pots. And crock pots cook slow. Right. She put a roast in the crock pot this morning, baby. I'm excited about that. Yes. You know, all the guys say amen. She put the tater and she put carrots and things in there and she put the seasoning and stuff. I'm excited about the roast. John and Julie's not here. They love her roast. Julie wants the recipe. And John says, for some reason, she can't make it. Julie, I'm preaching about it because they're not here today. But for some reason, her roast don't taste like Miss Jennifer's does. <laughs> But you know why? She's done it for a long time, Brother Keith. She's cooked a lot of roast over the years. And you know, you can go warm a hot pocket in a microwave in two minutes. If you don't let it cool for five, you're going to burn your mouth, right? right? But you can go cook cook something in the oven in a crock pot and a roast for eight or ten hours. And Brother Keith, at the end of the day, it's going to be good. So I'm helping y'all get ready for lunch. I'm just helping y'all right now. But the bottom line, Paul was saying... What God does when we accept him and we follow Jesus is a spiritual change happens to us that will cause a physical change down the road. Yeah. Yeah. And we as a church have to understand, a lot of times I've asked God, God, why are we growing here? Why are we struggling here in this area? Or why do I have to circle this wagon? Or why are we having to do this over? Or why are we still facing this struggle in the church? And a lot of times God says to me in my spirit, because I'm not a microwave God. In the process of doing things in me, God wants to show things to me. And a lot of times God will allow us to circle things because we, we're so quick a lot of times, and this is not even in the notes, but we're so quick a lot of times trying to get out of something that we don't see the lesson that God's trying to teach us in that thing. Yeah. And God's trying to teach us this thing called faith. Faith is the substance of things hopeful, yeah. the evidence of things not seen. Yeah. But one thing about God, because this is a spiritual law, it was in the Old Testament, it is in the New, God will always reward faithfulness. Yeah. God always rewards faithfulness. He said, let your roots grow down deeper to him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Find a person that's full of faith, you will find a person that is thankful. You show me a person that's negative, I will show you a people, a person that's unthankful for what God's done. Yeah. They are self-sufficient, they are self-reliant, and they are focused on self. Yeah. But when I focus on Jesus and the fullness of his Godhead, of who he is, yeah. Paul was saying here, everything that you'll ever need is in the Godhead of Christ Jesus. Yeah. Everything, all the fullness and all the authority of heaven 
He's in the man, Jesus. And you say, well, how is that? Because he that knew no sin had become sin for us. He had become the sacrifice for us to have life and have eternal. So our truth increases our faith. The truth of the word of God, I should say, increases our faith. Jesus said it like this. I am the way. Yeah. Then he said, I am the truth. I am the life. Then he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Remember when he was standing in the courts and he was being judged for something that he wasn't even guilty of. And he said, are you this? When the man asked him, the judge asked him, the person in authority asked him, are you this? He says, as you have said Right. He accepted who he was there and he wanted them to know, you're talking to the king of the Jews. Right. You're talking to the Messiah. Yeah. You're talking to the one who holds the fullness of the Godhead. Right. I'm so thankful today that I don't have to go out and raise sheep and goats and doves and make a sacrifice so I can get a covering for my sins. I'm thankful that I can talk to the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords at any time of my life and I can get forgiveness of my sins. I'm thankful as Hebrews says, I can come boldly to the throne of grace wherewith I found help, hope, and healing in my hour of need. Glory to God. That's what Jesus did. And Paul was saying, I'm sorry, y'all might not be excited. Y'all might be trying to take your pretty much time that Paul, this morning. But Jesus was become, had become that for us. Right. He says, those who are rooted in the word are thankful and he even went as far as to say, you will overflow with thankfulness. Yeah. Are you thankful? Yeah. He said, well, Pastor Rex, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. You're starting five months early. Yeah. But are you thankful? Yeah. Okay. Do you, when you ask God, do you give him a list of requests? Or do you thank him for what he's already done and what he's going to do? Yeah. Because when I thank him for what he's already done, I'm acknowledging that he is God and Lord of my life. Right. But when I thank him for what he's going to do, I am living and stretching my face, faith in a spirit of expectancy of what he is going to do. Right. Wow. With a spirit of expectancy. Mm. You say, well, Pastor Rich, do you expect God to move? Yeah, I saw a miracle yesterday. All I did was come down here to, to dump out some trash and do some things around the church. And God just drove a miracle up in the parking lot. Wow. I'll share some of that with y'all later. Yeah. But I want you to know when you exercise your faith, God will have a blessing to overtake you and run you down in his time. Yeah. Yeah. Everything we've done here as a church has caused us to do what? Anybody here? My, my wife is short. She knows I take great humor in watching her try to turn the ceiling bed light off in our bedroom. I love her, but she says the struggles of short people is what she'll say all the time. But how many of us spiritually right now are stretching and exercising our faith or we staying in the same place? How many of us are expecting God? I know you saw with Pastor Rex, there's a lot of nonsense going on in our world. Yeah, but he still hasn't changed who he is. God is still on his throne. Jesus still sits at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us. Right. He's still the fullness of the Godhead in Christ Jesus 
and he sent his Holy Spirit back to us so we can walk and live in victory. Amen. Yeah. So it has not changed who God is. Our perspective has changed. Yeah. And you say, well, why do my roots need to go deep? I mean, it's, oh, there's a lot of false teachers out there. Yeah. Right. We have this thing called Americanized Christianity. Yeah. It's running rampant in America today. I can live any kind of way I want to live. I can do anything I want to do. And I can still have the blessings of God on me. No, that is a false religion. Because if my religion don't cause me to change my ways and follow Christ, I am living a lie. He said, take up your cross and follow me. That means it's going to cost you something. These guys walked 20-something miles from five points carrying his cross a few weeks ago to this parking lot here. Was it 27? 27. About 27 miles. It was a sacrifice, wasn't it, David? Your body, after a while, don't want to do it. But they were doing it because they wanted to be able to fathom a little bit of what Jesus went through. Yeah. When he sacrificed for us. And I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to encourage you today, church, to let you know that in these times, you need to set your roots deep. Right. And you don't need to come in here on Sunday morning and expect Pastor Rex to give you what you need to get you through the week. You've got to have a personal devotion time and relationship with Christ that he is calling you to. Right. And if you're expecting to get the victory on Sunday morning to keep you the next Sunday, you are missing the whole picture. Yeah. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, what does that mean? There's a word. It's easy to get the Bible. It's easy. You can download it in 20 seconds on your Bible app. And that word will not return void. Right. You say, well, Pastor Rex, I don't understand. It gives you a version that you can understand. Get you a version that you can comprehend. Get you a, get in a Bible. That's the reason we offer small groups, Miss Marion, and Bible studies. Because we want to offer something that's going to meet people where they're at. Yeah. And help them. Every one of us, whether they're at the top or you're just starting out as a believer. We need to understand we're all on a journey. We need to understand that arrogance doesn't help us disciple people. Right. Humility does. Mm. You know, I don't know it all. I don't pretend to know it all. There's a lot of pastors and friends from time, David. I'll call them and ask them about something. I call Brother Keith. What does the scripture say about this, Brother Keith? You know why? Because he knows the word a lot of ways better than me. So I need to glean from him. The Bible says, and I'm not trying to make fun of your age, Brother Keith, you know I love you, but the older should teach the younger. I'm missing out on the blessing if I don't glean from him. Right. Yeah. Because of what he's what he knows. Yeah. There's a lot of you young ladies, you need to listen to some of these older ladies because they can teach you some things that will help you. Right. You know, me and these older guys are not just old guys that's, you know, this old fogies that don't know how life they've lived it. Right. They've been there. They got the t-shirt. You know, we need to learn to, to glean from each other. Right. And I've got friends that I go talk to a lot. Me and Brian Griffin, I guess because we're both crazy, right? Me and Brian just go talk to each other from time to time. But he's a thinker. And I just enjoy it. I, I can let my guard down. I can just talk to him. And these other guys that I just go talk to. Now I had conversations with I sat on Brother Keith's porch several evenings and just talked to him about life. 
You know why? Because a lot of times, and this is not even notes, we're so busy getting to the destination that we miss the joy of the journey. We need to learn to love on each other and value other people and value the struggles they've been through. Paul didn't pretend to know it all. Matter of fact, in one place, David, he said, of all the other followers and preachers and teachers of the of the, of the word, I am the least. Yeah. He recognized himself as the least. And Paul was an educated, smart, intelligent, planner of churches, leader, and preacher of the word. Yet he felt like he was the least because he had something called humility. Yeah. He said in verse 9, he said, verse 8, he says, Don't let anyone capture you with high-sounding philosophies that come from high thinking, human thinking rather, and spiritual powers that are or rather from this that are for this world rather from Christ. There's a lot of teaching going on. It's not biblical. Right. That's the reason when you come in here on Sunday morning, you need to open your book and you need to read with me. And you need to know the word. Will I lead you wrong? No, not intentionally. But if you know the word and you're reading the word, Paul said it like this in Ephesians. <clears throat> he has given the church the blessing and the opportunity of unlocking the mysteries of the word God. No. So you can learn something from God's word, not just on Sunday morning. And I'm not here beating you over the head. I'm just letting us know as a church, we need our studies. We need our small groups. Right. We need our classes. We need each other. We need to sit down across the table from a cup of coffee and have a, and, and with a cup of coffee with a friend or eat a cheeseburger together or Mexican or whatever we eat. I know I'm making y'all hungry. That's what I do on Sunday morning, by the way. I'm just getting y'all ready to eat, right? But having those conversations, maybe you go and take the kids to the park and let them play and have a conversation with an older lady that's walked through what you walked through raising kids. He said he's made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When we learn the value of people, but we know the word of God. You know, I've been given a lot of, uh, what's the word? I've been given a lot of advice over the years, Miss Marianne. Not all of it's been good. You know, I remember when I took this church, accepted the pastor to this church, I had two preachers to come to me that I that I have a lot of respect for. You're not taking light to you, are you? Man, what are you doing? This church is open too. You know this church is open? You you probably go there. And I thought to myself, Miss Mary, it stirred something in me because the Holy Spirit already spoke to me about what I needed to do. I've talked to somebody today. A lot of times God will take you somewhere in your life that's uncomfortable and you can't see the whole picture. But when you know God is taking you there, you're okay with it. Yeah. Because we trust God. We have sunk in our roots deep. Yeah. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, we still haven't seen the full picture here yet. No, we have not. But I still believe the promise that God made. That in the last days, he's going to pour his spirit upon all flesh. Right. Right. And that your sons and your daughters are going to dream dreams and they're going to prophesy. That's what's going to happen. I believe that the power and the, and the great revival of the church is still yet to come. It's even happening now across the world. Yeah. 
And the church is going to, the people, the followers of Jesus are going to be a part of it. Or we, if we're too, we're only minded, we'll be missing it. Yeah. How many of you know that people sit in a church pew every day and they miss God because their mind's on everything else? Right. They're not being impacted by the word because they got too much of the world in them. Right. Amen. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to preach about worldliness, worldliness this morning, but what I am going to share with you when there's other things on service days that you put ahead of God on Sunday and Wednesday, you need to check yourself. Mm. I got one mm. No more means. There's got to be a standard church. I'm not talking about going on vacation and going to see your family. No, I'm talking about continuously forsaking the assembling of yourself together. Yeah. I'm not preaching something that's far. I'm preaching the word of God. Right. Because tragedy's going to come. Uh-ohs are going to happen, aren't they? The car's going to break down. The kids are going to get sick. But one thing I know is I need a body of believers that help me walk through this life. Right. Yes. I need the fellowship of the body of believers. Yeah. I need somebody to love on me and care for me and somebody that I can call. And I'm going to love people regardless. Right. And one thing I've learned as a pastor said is to love people where they are. Yeah. Because Jesus loved me there. Right. We're all on a journey. And you said, well, Pastor X, I failed a lot and I've done a lot wrong. You may have, but Jesus still loves you. Right. He will accept us where we're at, but he will not leave us there. Yeah. Because when we follow him, that is an actual Action word, following, that means that's moving. And faith is moving. Yeah. And when I'm following him, I'm having to move. Yeah. How many likes like to be comfortable? Yeah. We do. You want me to prove it? There's a thermostat right back there. <laughs> and I remember, Miss Mary, I'm going to take some of you back. But I remember as a kid going to these outdoor brush arbors and counting the tabernacles and going to revivals in July. Yeah. Yeah. And about 20 minutes into worship, everybody's running around and praising the Lord or whatever, and everybody's stoned, but nobody knew about it. Yeah. Because the Spirit of God was moving. There was no thermostat to hit. All you had was horse flies and mosquitoes. Come on. And you hoped you used enough deodorant where you got there, right? But we're so comfortable today. Yeah. Everything has to be comfortable. Yeah. You know? Everything's got to be made just for me. What if God's got you somewhere that's uncomfortable for you, but he's taking you somewhere that's going to change your life and your children's and your family's life for example? Yeah. What if he's just God and he just knows where he wants us to go? Yeah. What if I trust him? What if I sink my roots deep? What if I believe in the word of God so much that I give up everything to follow him? Wow. What if... What if God uses my kid to be the next greatest missionary? You know, when I see these babies walking around here, I see teachers. I see mamas and future mamas and daddies. And I see missionaries and I see ministers and I see teachers and preachers. You, you know why? Because the church is, if the Lord tarries, the church is going to go on and we're going to need more people. Amen. You know why I believe in letting these young people serve? Because they're not the church of the bar, they're the church of today. That's the reason when they get out of high school, they leave and don't come back because we don't let them serve. Yeah. We need to understand the value of people. Right. And the value of seeing people where they are. Yeah. 
and seeing and understanding God for who he is. And so well, how do I do that? The word of God is more quicker and more sharper and more powerful than a two-edged sword. Yeah. It cuts to the inmost being. To the inmost being of my life. He knows me. When I get up in the morning, he knows how many hairs fell off my head and stayed on my pillow. Right. He knows how many more gray hair I have today. He knows every struggle, every thought, every doubt I have with Marianne. He knows me. He sees me in my harshness, in my unforgiveness, in my brokenness, yet he still loves me unconditionally. And the greatest story that we can ever tell is simply this, is that we're not there yet. But look what Jesus has brought me from. Right. I'm, not, I'm not where I used to be. I thank God that I'm not. But I'm not where God's taking me either. Yeah. But along the, joy of, along the journey, I want to have some joy. Right. So parents, all of you that have all these little ones that are squirming around and whining, enjoy that journey. Because before you know it, they're going to be like mine. I'm just being real this morning. You know, I'm nervous as a cat in a, in a, in a room, a long-tailed cat, and if my dad would say, I'm nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of walking chairs. Yeah. Because my baby's waiting to get her baby. Yeah. You don't think that'll bother you? You just be a daddy. <laughs> my baby's waiting to get her baby. But you know what I know? I know that my God knows where my baby's at this morning. Yeah. Right. And I know the God that, that put it all together and formed her together in her mother's womb will take care of her. Right. Yes. Right. And I know the plan that you have for me, saith the Lord. Mm. Plans to give you a hope and a future and to bless you and prosper you. Wow. Yeah. It's not David, it's something this world can't take away because I know who my Redeemer is. Yeah. Job stood there in the ash heap with his body covered in sores, but he would not, he cursed the day he lived, he was born, but he would not curse his God because he knew who he was. Right. And the point I'm trying to make to us today as believers in Jesus Christ, pick yourself up today, look at your king, and realize he is the king of all kings, he is the Lord of all lords, and he cares deeply and intimately about you, and he will take you where you want to go. Right. In him. Right. Seek your roots deep, church. Yeah. There's a world out there that's lost. Yeah. They have many things that they label and they call the right way. Mm -hmm. There are many thoughts out there, Miss Marion. This is the right way to go. How many ever had to make a decision and didn't know which way to turn? Mm -hmm. No big preacher. They hit you every day. I gotta make a decision on this. Somebody may not like it, but here we go, Lord. Yeah. I mean, I'm being real. I'm, I'm not being real, David. Here we go. But I have counsel. I have men and women of God that I can go talk to and get counsel from them. Because I have a body of believers. I'm attached to a body of believers. I'm attached to them. I have relationships there. So Paul was saying, you have to be connected. You have to set your roots deep. You know, nobody wants to be around somebody who's going to judge them. Who, who likes being judged? 
Who likes being around somebody that you know the whole time you're around them, they're judging you? Yeah. I can't stand it and I try not to do it. Everybody is somewhere in their journey. Everybody with the sound of my voice is in a journey somewhere. You are in a step and you may not like it. It may be unpleasant. You may not like being there. You may be dissatisfied with yourself. You may have failed God a million times, but guess what? A million and one, he'll be there. That's what the word of God tells me. Paul said it like this. But he came to make a, this a spiritual a spiritual circumcision, not a physical. They were all concerned on what the law said. The religious sect of the day said, well, the law says you got to do this. Right. And the law says you got to do that. And he says, I just come to fulfill the law. Not condemn it, but I come to complete it. I come to fulfill the law. Yeah. And Jesus did things differently, Miss Mary Ann. And his whole way he did things made people mad. Did it not? They put him on the cross. His own people that were cheering and praising for healing people were some of the ones standing by with a mob saying crucify him. Right. He even said to the Father, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. They don't even understand what they're doing, but you forgive them. That's love, church. Right. Yet when I was in my sin, like we sang this morning, when I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so kind to me. When I had no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so good to me. If we want other people to see Jesus in us, they're going to have to see us love each other. That's not easy, is it? How many comes in and everybody in your family you just love them? You know, you love them, but you don't like them sometimes. Come on. Right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get behind the pulpit because I'm getting that look again. <laughs> Cypher up here got a few more yards away. <laughs> My wife loves me, but she don't like me all the time. But I love her, and she loves me. Yeah. You know, but sometimes I have to check out and go work on my boat. I'm out of the church a little while. Yeah. You know? Because we learn to bear with one another. And we would do that in a body of believers. But our faith in Jesus, and I close with this, our faith in Jesus is built on this. It begins in faith. It goes to trust. Right? We believe in something we can't see. Faith is the evidence of things unseen. Faith is the substance of things unseen, the evidence of things hopeful. We've never seen Jesus, but we know he exists because we feel him. Faith begins it. Trust extends it. And love will finish it. Every time. Love will finish it. You want to know what kept Jesus on the cross? Love kept him there. When God himself could no longer look on him, because his son had became sin for us. And Jesus cried out from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Love kept Jesus on that cross. There wasn't an army on the face of this planet that can stop him from accomplishing what the will of his father was. 
Yeah. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, that's, that may not be a good picture, but that's what he did for me. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed so that me and you could have life and have it to the full. All the fullness of the Godhead is in Him. And I'm so thankful today that I can come to Him, David, morning, noon, and night, and I have all the fullness of heaven leaning over to hear me. He sits at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for me. So you may have come in here today thinking, well, my life's a failure. I'm not where I want to be with the Lord. I don't understand all these things about Christianity. I don't know how to get closer to God. The first thing you can do is pray. Yeah. The second thing you do is the easiest thing you can do is get a Bible and read it. Right. And you say, well, I don't know where to read. Go to the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you say, well, Pastor Rich, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be condescending. I'm just, I'm, I'm a simple person. You go to the Gospels and you begin to read what Jesus did. Right. And you cannot read what Jesus did and not be impacted. Right. And you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you go into the epistles. And then as you keep going, you understand how the church was set up. You know, we were having a conversation Wednesday night. About studying the Bible. And this is just simple advice, but I said, you know, the best thing that we can do, how many of us know we put value on a lot of things? Yeah. How many of us have bass boats and come on, ladies, you like shoes or clothes? We have houses, we have cars. Come on, I'm being real. Right. We all put value on things. But do we put value on a good study Bible? Do we? You know, my wife knows I like Bibles. She, she gets mad at me. Will you please put these Bibles, not leave them all stacked up on a little, little coffee table? Now, she loves the Bible, but she don't want them all stacked up. There's a place for them to be. Yeah. And she says, you don't need three. Yeah. But a good study Bible. See, David, if I want to know what Corinthians says, I go to the preface of that study Bible. And it tells me the whole context of what was going on without was being written. Yeah. And who Paul was addressing and talking to. And then we have an understanding of the word. And then we have this thing that Jesus left, sent us after he ascended to the Father. And I know y'all get nervous because I'm still preaching. But he said, I'm going to send you the comfort. I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send you the comfort. Who is the Holy Spirit? And he will lead you into all truth. Amen. Who is the Holy Ghost? He, he is a person. He is male and gender. He is the completion of the Godhead. <laughs> we ask God to give us understanding through the power of His Holy Spirit of His Word, and He will do that. How many ever read a scripture text and you saw one thing in it, and you read it six months later, and and it jumps off the page at you? That's called the Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, Dawson. That's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's the Holy Spirit. When you're struggling and you're having to make a decision. And you're in an argument with somebody, or you're in a tough situation at work, and you somehow or another you keep your mouth closed and you turn the other cheek. That's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we glean from the wisdom of Proverbs that tells us not to do this and don't be uh, attached to people that do this. How many of us know that sometimes we need to learn to separate ourselves from certain people? Yeah. Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen. Right. You know. When I got saved and fully committed myself to the Lord, I had friends that I no longer could hang with anymore because I didn't do what they did. Yeah. I loved them, still cared about them, 
Still called them, still talked to them from time to time. But I didn't do the things I used to do, so I had to change my circle of friends. Because it would change me. So Paul says it like this. It begins in trust or faith. And then it goes to trust. And then it's finished in love. When we trust him and we love him, that love kept him on the cross for us. Yeah. Amen. That love and the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says it brought him from the grave, did it not? The same power that brought Jesus from the grave lives in us. That's not a wimpy Christianity, that's a powerful Christianity. How many is going to have your roots sinking deep? The reason that old pine tree gets blown down because it's got one long tap where it broke teeth. But if you go over that old hickory over there or that old red oak, you know what it does? It has a lot of roots. And you know what they do? They go down. They die deep. That's the reason in the summertime when it's getting dry, you'll watch that old pine tree, its needles start to draw up, but you watch that hardwood because the roots still deep, it's still getting the nourishment, it's still getting the water. And that's the reason when the winds come, and I'm, I'm taking some, taking it somewhere right here. When the winds come and blow, when those roots are deep, you're going to be sustained. He will lead you by the streams of living water. He will keep you because your roots are deep. I know the word. I don't understand it all, Lord, but I know your word says here that I can do this, that you made me more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And that when I'm brokenhearted and I'm struggling, you would no wise cast me out, but you hear me. And that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man means something to God. And that when I'm in a struggle, you still hear me. And that I can come boldly to the throne of grace at any time of all because of what you're doing. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and we honor you today. We thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. I pray today, God, that you would help us to realize that the fullness of God is in Christ Jesus. The Father, all the fullness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is in what you did for us on the cross. And that when you left, Lord, you left us your Holy Spirit that will keep us and that will comfort us in Christ Jesus. You will guard our hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus. You guard our hearts and minds. The peace that passes all understanding. Now today, Father, I lift everyone to the sound of my voice that may be struggling today. That may have questions. And I pray right now that those that are doubting their significance and their path. I pray the Holy Spirit right now through the power of your word and through the strength of you, Lord, that you would touch them. I pray for moms and dads that struggle with where who they are in you. And I pray for people that doubt themselves at times and they say, Lord, why am I this far? Why am I still making why am I still making this same mistake? Why am I still circling this same now? I pray right now, Holy Spirit. And ask you to give freedom and liberty and help and comfort and peace and strength. Right now, in Jesus' name. I pray that you would give freedom today. 
Freedom from things that hold us captive. Freedom from things that war against our minds. Freedom, Lord, that you would give freedom. I pray that you would give strength. We lift every request of every need and every person in every life today. We ask you to protect those that are traveling this weekend, that you keep your loving hand of mercy on them. We ask you to be with Jordan and the baby, God, that you continue to strengthen them and help them and be with them, God. I praise you for all the things that you've done. And I expect you to keep being God and keep being who you are and keep loving on us and helping us and strengthening us and comforting us and being with us through this. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. I lift every bit of anxiety that's in this room before your throne today. Father, and I ask you to give peace. I ask you to give wholeness. I ask you to give healing, that there would be nothing missing, nothing broken. We may have come in one way, but God will go out of another. And I ask you to do that by the power of your word, the transforming power of your word that will not fail. In Jesus' name. I pray and stand against the spirit of confusion that's come against hearts and minds today. And I stand and take authority through the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing and the strength and the truth of your word right now over this spirit in Jesus' mighty name. I pray and ask you, God, in Jesus' name, to meet every need in every heart and every life. In Jesus' name we ask you. And all the church said, Amen. 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 Amen.